On this episode of the podcast, we discuss Dracula colon untold. Why would Dracula bother telling anyone about his colon? What's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> everyone and welcome to the flop house i'm dan mccoy hey there i am Stuart wellington <laughs> welcome to the show i'm elliot kalen <laughs> step right up step right up and listen to a podcast you must be this tall to listen to this podcast but i'm holding my hand very close to the ground <laughs> basically if you're taller than david the gnome go ahead and listen but if you're david my brother get the fuck out of here who's this david the gnome david the gnome is a kid's television show why have you not ever introduced me to your friend David? Uh, no, he's not a real gnome. <laughs> I'd like to meet a gnome. <laughs> that, that was Apparently, you never thought that me, Dan McCoy, your best pal, would like to meet a gnome. Uh, well, I tried to introduce you to Norm, a gnome named Norm, <laughs> and I tried to introduce you to the troll in Central Park, and neither of those were apparently cool enough for you. Look, he's just a Connecticut th- Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was, was so busy uh, hanging out at King Arthur's court, you don't have time for a pebble and a penguin. <laughs> that was a, well, that was a problem. I was burned by that time that you introduced me to that penguin who kept talking about a pebble. I don't care. I told you that was his thing. How, how shiny his pebble is, how much he loves that pebble. It's just a fucking rock penguin. Oh, and yet fruity pebbles, give me more, please. Fill up my bowl <laughs> with it. You're right. Checkmate. You got a, I got you with your pebble hypocrisy. Um, but that's not... All what, about the base, <laughs> no pebble, huh, Dan? <laughs> That is an oddly contemporary reference from you, Elliot. I occasionally go to the supermarket and hear new music there. <laughs> Playing over the Loudon's speakers. So, the Loudon's the loud speakers. <laughs> the Loudon Wainwright speakers. Yep. Um, so this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then yep. we talk about it. Just three dudes hanging out, shoot, yeah. shooting the shit. Chilling. Uh, Elliot... Yep. Let me set the scene. Okay. <laughs> Elliot has a big glass of water. Yep, you with know it. what looks like uh, eight ice cubes At in it. At least. I like my water cold. Uh, Stu is drinking a Modelo. Yeah. Uh, and he also has a, what is that, a seltzer? A half-drunk Schweppes off to the side? Well, a, lot a lot of product, product placement. placement. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm having a Mezcal Old Fashioned. It's, so, a, it's uh, a drink he invented. So it's, no, it's, it's racist. Actual, That's what's old-fashioned about it? What? It's racist, and it says things you're kind of embarrassed about in public. Yeah, that's why I got to drink it fast. (laughs) (laughs) Get it in your belly where no one can hear it. Mm -hmm. He's got to cover his head with a sheet, so he deprives all of his other senses from Mm -hmm. mezcal. So, Dan, how does this fit We're sitting around a round table, like the Knights of Old. How does (laughs) With our recording equipment, like the Knights of Old. How does this fit into the watch a bad movie and talk about it mission statement, (laughs) which you put forth to the audience as the reason we do this thing? I just wanted to paint a word picture. For their minds, their well, let word me tell interpreting you, word minds. Van Gogh, don't. <laughs> okay, um, I'm painting a nerd picture for them. <laughs> Three nerds <laughs> sitting around the table. Where you glue a bunch of nerds to a picture? You mean the candy nerds? <laughs> yeah, not humans. It happens all the time. Rembrandt's The Night Watch has had nerds glued to it many times. <laughs> Remember the Nerd all, Watch? All those versions of Edward Munch's The Scream had nerds, and now now they're 
lost the ages. Yeah, yeah. Because um, termites ate him. Right <laughs> thankfully, he he did a bunch of those. Um, he but, had a lot of screaming to do. Yeah, but we watched a movie called Dracula Untold. It was a, mm-hmm. it was about a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was full of Dracula. You're right. <laughs> the previously untold story of one ripped from the headlines. One Gerald B. Dracula. <laughs> now here's the thing: the Dracula story is not previously untold. It is quite <laughs> often told. I don't, and I don't like the. I mean, pre- this version hasn't been told before, well, the but pre- that's because it's terrible. The pretension of the title is: this is the origin of Dracula <clears throat> that ha- you never heard before, but this is the story of, of Dracula. This is the untold tale that has been hidden for ages. Yeah, you had to read uh, Stoker's Silmarillion or whatever he wrote. Yeah, yeah, his unpublished works that his son Chris Stoker <laughs> edited and put out for publication. It's pronounced I'm, Christopher. I, I assume he spells it C R I S S. Because it's Chris Angel Stoker. Uh. <laughs> He's a mind freak and a posthumous publishing freak. <laughs> but this is the origin story of Dracula. And this is, at first I think it's just going to be a new Dracula movie. And then, because the Marvel Universe of movies was such a hit, Universal Studios decided, hey, rather than just making use of this Dracula character who's been part of the Universal Monster Library for 80 years now, let's start a monster universe. Because you know what people, you know what, how what operates the same way as superheroes Monsters. Now, so a, this this became the seed for I assume Universal's plans to have multiple. Monster is this movies. part of the same universe as I Frankincense? Is that the same? No, I think that's a different universe. Okay. I think it's a different studio, possibly, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, isn't one the Underworld and this is the Overworld? Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but here's the thing: more like Blunderworld. High five! Come on. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, here's I, the I thing. wish you podcast listeners. <laughs> Could see the look of pure disgust Elliot <laughs> <laughs> just gave me. At, at flagrant misuse of a high five? Yes. So the thing is, there's a lot of potential in that idea of a shared universe because the Universal Monsters were the original shared universe. They started as separate movies with separate characters. And over time, as Universal tried to wring every less mm-hmm. dime out of these you know, like monsters. Abbott and Costello would show up. Abbott yeah. and Costello would show up. Frankenstein would meet the Wolfman. They'd go yeah. to the House of Dracula. Eventually, Bela Lugosi met a Brooklyn gorilla. It's not related. <laughs> it's a different movie. But you did have these. I like the idea, though. Like They just met like at a party. Because like it's the actor, Bela Lugosi, well, at that's, that point. I used to do a stand-up <laughs> bit about, uh, about how... Japanese monster movies have conflict-based <coughs> titles. It's Godzilla versus Hedorah, you know, or Godzilla mm. versus King Ghidorah. But uh, with American movies, there's always Frankenstein. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> so you either just had a mixer. <laughs> Dracula meets the Wolfman. It's like, oh, Wolfman, I've heard quite a bit yeah. about you. You have a lot of shared interests, those two. <laughs> Mostly you like killing. drinking blood. I like drinking blood. Yeah. We should hang out. Wolfman's drink the, blood? <laughs> well, they Depending on the uh, folklore, we both don't like silver. <laughs> this is, uh, we should double <laughs> Garlic too, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Wolfsbane doesn't do anything for me, but you. Hey? See, that's why they would want to meet, so they could cover all that shit. Yeah, yeah so they could compare notes on their monster lives. <laughs> on their weaknesses. <laughs> yep. Just write them down. Just give it to each other Let's so they know. Let's make a list and then hide it somewhere so that our monster hunter enemies can't find it. He's becoming a Nazi as I, as I do the voice. <laughs> But uh, well, let's be honest, none of our voices started out that great. No, all monsters want someone to talk to because otherwise, the only one they have to talk to is Bugs Bunny <coughs> when he's giving them a manicure right before he blows them up. <laughs> yeah. So, let Dracula Untold is the origin story of Dracula, which the universe has been crying out for very quietly because nobody really cares that much about mm-hmm. it. Uh, and it's one of a number of different attempts to make Dracula into more of a romantic hero. 
than yeah. a force of unmitigated evil and darkness, which is the way I prefer the because, character personally. Yeah, I, I, it seems like movies always labor under the delusion that, okay, this character has his name in the title, so we need to make him into a romantic hero. He must of some be the kind. hero. Yeah. Rather than just like a mysterious force of darkness. And this is a character who has a sexual charisma about him. Mm -hmm. Let's just go all the way and make him the good guy. Rather than having the audience be made uncomfortable by their attraction to this evil. Yeah. Like I'm not against, I guess, Universal trying to go their own way and have... uh, They can go their own way. (laughs) Make a Dracula. They can tell the Dracula, so it's not untold. Okay. Running on Dracula, <laughs> running not- on, <laughs> running on Drax. Tusk. Dun, 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 He's dun. like the wind. He's biting my neck. That's <laughs> not. It's not even a Fleetwood Mac song at that point. That's a Patrick Swayze song. Right? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Were we doing Fleetwood Mac songs? I we Wait, were. you thought the other ones were Patrick Swayze songs? <laughs> I thought they were all Patrick Swayze songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, empty. That Man, other one. Tusk you might have had a bat catalog that you cannot. A bat decide. catalog. <laughs> bat. That's what Dracula it's has. Dracula. Let's talk about Dracula. What were you going to say? <laughs> so I like the idea of that. So Universal might From be trying to trying to establish their own like world of Dracula, but they that borrow the so, exhibit at but a, they borrow so the heavily on world of Dracula. They borrow so heavily on like the Coppola '90s movie. <laughs> yeah, that by 2015, Draculas will be all <laughs> diesel. <laughs> they will no longer feed on blood. I mean, he's ripped. He is. He's super to- diesel. As he's it is. Shaq Diesel. <laughs> but uh, you're right. They like. It's. I would not mind a totally original take on Dracula, but to have like a half the same thing that happens with a lot of the movies we watch, where they don't go all the way into originality, they just kind of steal from other places. Mm-hmm. Well, and as as I was saying, this is like the new RoboCop of Dracula's. Mm-hmm. While we were watching it, like I'm just tired of revisionist takes on everything. Like it seems like uh, movies that are made these days are just like the idea that we have. Oh, we've got a new take on this. And so it's got a, it's a good take. You would prefer a new take mind. on it. Well, no, I mean it's just like well, I mean, admit maybe. It. Admit it, Dan. I would. But <laughs> why are you interested in the property in the first place? If it was place? called Dracula Unclothed, you'd be all over it. I would. But <laughs> and I've probably watched that movie on Cinemax. But like you have to look at the property in the first place and be like, why am I interested in this character? You know, and then at that point it's just like it feels like it would be a more original thing at this point to just do a straight up Dracula adaptation and try to do it well yeah, instead of some now, kind of Draction hero. Yeah, yeah straight up now tell hero. me what's the Dracula story all about, as Paul yeah. Abdul sang. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? how does this move? Well, see Drac Cat. What? <laughs> see Drac Cat. Opposites bite each other. Uh, very, they fire Not even him. opposites a Drac, <laughs> Elliot? <laughs> Too obvious. Uh, so let's quickly go through the plot as quickly as we ever can on this show. I take two steps forward, you take two steps, Drac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we come together because opposite's a Drac. You can't run Drac with Drac. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, we gotta go back to the drawing board on this. Remember in the 80s when uh, like Demi Moore and uh, Rob Lowe were part of the Drac pack? And they were the hot young stars who were biting people and sucking their blood out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could get away with anything back then. Anyway, so we start in the Middle Ages, where we are told about how uh, the Ottoman Empire, to retain the loyalty of its vassal states, takes tributes in the form of children that they train into feared Janissary warriors. One of these, Vlad the Impaler, a prince of Transylvania, who at the time is just called Vlad, he's yet to impale anybody, 
he is taught to be a feared warrior, and then uh, he eventually becomes the Impaler because that is how he, that's his thing. That's how he shows off how many people he kills, he impales yeah. them. He decides that he doesn't want to be a soldier anymore, and he returns to become Prince of Transylvania, and there uh, he lives in peace because he pays tribute in the form of silver coins to the Ottoman, his Ottoman Turk warlords. Uh, he's out with his scouting party one day, his best buds, his merry men, if you will, and they find a trail. Bunch of blonde that, guys, basically. Yeah, because this being Transylvania in the Middle Ages, they're all blonde or English-looking and sound, have English accents. Mm -hmm. Very historically accurate. It's guys on their lunch break from uh, the set of that Vikings TV show. <laughs> it does feel at times like they, shot it, like they shot it as a lark in between it's Vikings It's not called it that Vikings TV no, show. No, it does not follow the That 70s Show <laughs> titling rubric. But <laughs> what if it did? <laughs> and Dracula, we should mention, or Vlad, is played by Luke Evans, a Flophouse 3 Peter, I believe. Yeah, he was, uh, he was one of them musketeers. He was a musketeer yeah. and he was an immortal, right? Yeah. Yep. He's Bob Evans' brother. Little known fact. I don't think that's true. Famed restaurateur. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a regular, uh, you know, uh, Eric Repair, that yep. guy. As in, <laughs> that's where you take your Eric's when they're broken. <laughs> to Eric Repair. Anyway, I'll show myself out. <laughs> so, uh, the, Bye, the scouting, parton, scouting party goes to a mountain cave on Broke Tooth Mountain, which I guess is the ancient Transylvanian <laughs> version of Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> and I expected Dracula and his men just to fall in love and start doing it right there. Do some impaling. Yeah, tell yeah. their wives that they were going on a ye old fishing trip, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Do some impaling. I just heard that. It took that, like a, like a brontosaurus with a... It's nerve and the nerve impulse going from its tail to its head. It took a long time for me to hear that joke. Uh, they found it's because your brain was trying to protect you from it. Yeah, uh, a cloud of bats escaped from the cave. <laughs> no, you're right. There's a lot of clouds of bats. There's in a this lot of movie. bat clouds, so don't laugh every time I mention them because there's a lot of bat clouds. <laughs> and they find themselves in what seems to be an abattoir of men. There's just bones everywhere, and some kind of horrible creature kills all of Vlad's men. Before he uh, cuts it with his sword or reflects the sunlight onto it with his sword and it runs away. I don't know. Anyway, Vlad goes back home and a local monk tells him, tells him, hey, you were fighting a vampire in there. Don't go back. It's a guy who uh, was cursed to eat blood forever and now he's a demon or something. Vlad the Impaler uh, has a, a fine time with his wife joking around and he pulls her into a bathtub with him. <coughs> then it's Easter. Well, just Wait, hold on. <laughs> what? It was Easter? Yeah. All right. They mentioned that. They're not like looking for eggs or nothing. It's Middle Ages. <laughs> they didn't Middle do that Ages. shit yet. Easter existed. They're all Christians. Yeah, all right. I just didn't notice that. I mean, just because they weren't biting the heads off chocolate bunnies doesn't yeah. mean it's not Easter. <laughs> and they're uh, they he and his... Peter Cottontail or nothing. That's not even an Easter song. <laughs> Critters 2 wasn't going on around them or anything. <laughs> Uh, just because yeah, they didn't sit back and, what, watch football or something? I don't know. What happens during what you, Easter? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> There's chocolate. There's more chocolate in the CVS than usual. Yeah, just because <laughs> in the next scene we didn't see Dracula buying half-price peeps at CVS <laughs> doesn't mean it wasn't Easter. Well, it's a good deal. <laughs> you have to wait for after the holiday. I like, Again, I'm turning into a Nazi. <laughs> I like to sink my teeth into them and suck the, the, the marshmallow out from children. children. Just leave a husk of sprinkles. <laughs> children of the sugar. What beautiful tastes they make. <laughs> I don't eat peeps. <laughs> yes, I do. Ow. 
Uh-huh. I guess that was Dracula for peeps. <laughs> this is a really weird. Uh, this is a weird. This is a weird ad concept, Don Draper. Dracula. No, no. Here's the thing. Peeps is an old Greek word meaning an unhealed vampire. What do we? We all want to make a peep. We all want to make a sound. We all want to be heard. But no one's heard. That's why we need our peeps. I don't know. They talk when we can't. And who also talks when we can't? Vampires. Dracula. <laughs> is this what they taught you growing up in that brothel? I don't understand. Whenever I was a when I was a young boy, I'd help the prostitutes steal from the men from their pockets. They'd give me a dollar and I'd spend it on peeps. And then I'd bite into the peeps' neck and suck the cream out, <laughs> pretending I was a vampire. That was the happiest moment of my life. You're a real creep, Don. Get out. Get out of here. A creep for peeps. And that's the slogan we've been working on that I think you're gonna like. Be a creep for peeps. And you got a big picture of Dracula biting a peep. He's got a ghoulish smile on his face as if to say, I want to suck your blood, but I want peeps more. Another good tagline. Here's a, okay, how about this? You've, <laughs> already couple, lost, you've already lost the account. A young couple runs into a churchyard, perhaps to make love, away from the prying eyes of the community. They have with them a basket of that greatest aphrodisiac. Easter peeps. <laughs> uh, because what puts us in the mood more than a tiny marshmallow chicken? Now, or canary or whatever it is. We see, a, we see a, a shadow hulking after them, stalking them. Is it the groundskeeper? No, it's Dracula. He rears up. They run off frightened, leaving their peeps behind. And he looks at the camera and says, Well, I got what I wanted. Bites the head off a peep. Dracula, he's creeps for peeps. Roger, can you do something about this? <laughs> can you rein in your buddy? I'm not drunk. You're drunk. <laughs> Dracula for peeps. Let's get out of here, Vlad. Anyway, that's the last episode of Mad Men. I hope we didn't spoil it for anybody. So, while they're celebrating Easter with his, his wife and his son named Ingeris, <laughs> uh, a bunch of soldiers come in and he says, oh, I have your tribute. And he says, no, no, no. We're taking children now. We want a tribute of a thousand boys, including your son, Vlad it's yeah, it's it's one of those bad guys who shows up and just is like every time he says a line, he has this like shit eaten grin, like ah, you hero, you're never gonna stop me. Yeah, uh, yeah. everyone, uh, the villagers all love Vlad because he keeps the peace, and the other uh, the Ottomans all like really resent him, and they're very smug about it. Yeah, and I didn't like that. And the Ottomans are mainly more white blonde guys. Yes. The Ottomans, by the way, except for their leader. Who are all armed with, like, Klingon batliths. Yeah, they all, they do all have Klingon battle axes. What are they called? Batliths? Mm-hmm. And uh, the leader is Howard Stark from uh, the Marvel series, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yep. except they darked up his skin and he has kind of an accent. Yeah. And whenever he walks, he swaggers so much that he's just throwing his shoulders around. He is, every step is perpendicular to the last step. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his acting coach is the cartoon Brad Pitt from Cool World. <laughs> <laughs> Such a specific reference. That was great. That was good stuff. You go with that. Uh, okay, bye, guys. I'm gonna now, go. Vlad refuses. Then he decides, maybe I will submit my son as a tribute. Then he decides he won't, and he kills all these bad guy soldiers. He chops the hands off of yeah, one Yeah, he's, of like, them. just about to do it, and then the bad guy has to say one more shitty thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vlad says there's no way we can stop this Ottoman army so he goes to Broke Tooth Mountain to talk to the vampire in I would say one of the two entertaining scenes in the movie mm-hmm. the bad mm-hmm. vampire is played by what's his name? Charles Dance Charles Dance, mm-hmm. Tyrion Lannister from Game of yeah. Thrones whereas you reminded us the, the assassin guy. from uh, Last Action Hero <laughs> yeah with the weird like uh, gun sight 
contact lenses. Uh, and he's all dressed up like uh, those the- are contact lenses. I thought it was like a fake eye. Is it? I don't. I, I don't, don't remember. No, well, in real life, it let's was just watch Last Action Hero. Yeah, pause the recording. <laughs> let's go watch LAH, and then we'll get back to this, as the fans call it. Mm-hmm. Hero heads, <laughs> blasters. They also call themselves blasters. Blasters. Okay. Blaster is a big guy that you ride on top of in the Thunderdome. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about Master Blaster. Uh, that's what I was just talking about. <laughs> okay. So Charles dances. Charles dances all pale with a black shroud over him. He looks like Scryer, one of the worst Spider-Man characters ever created. Okay. So that's one for the spider web heads. Uh, and he kind of is way creepier and more interesting, to me at least, than Dracula has been through the entire movie and from any point after. There's something inhumanly evil about him. Like a guy who's lived in a cave forever just eating people like a descent monster. Yeah, even though he basically just shows up to deliver exposition. Yeah, and he does it with more panache and character than anything else. And to offer a devilish uh, deal. You make a good point, which is how does he eat people in that cave? Does he just like order a bunch of takeout and then just feed on the takeout guy? (laughs) He is essentially to this movie what the Sarlacc is to Return of the Jedi. He is a big open hole in a place nobody goes, and somehow he manages to survive on that. Yeah. I mean, and like we see him, like the first time uh, our I mean, hero he lives in Broke Tooth Mountain. It's him. beautiful there. There's <laughs> yeah. got to be a shitload of hikers. Our hero manages to avoid him the first time he encounters him. So, yeah. like, he's got to be like, ah, oh, stupid, stupid vampire. Oh, I fucked up again. Well, it looks like I'm not going to eat for another I year. I love the idea of a vampire who beats himself up a lot in private. <laughs> and he calls himself vampire. <laughs> you're the stupid Dracula. <laughs> you're the worst vampire. Idea for children's book, the worst vampire. <laughs> yeah, because he tries to see himself book, Bunicula. <laughs> what if I was a bunny? <laughs> that was a thing. Does he like? Does he drink blood or just eat vegetables? What the Bunicula? Yeah, sucks Bunicula the would, juice yeah. out of vegetables. He would drain vegetables. What is yeah. scary about that? Well, yeah, it's I don't not know why really the, a scary book. I'm not really sure. Well, no, it's a funny book. I'm not sure why the other pets were freaked funny? out by it though, because they were not in any immediate danger. It's from this creepy. Vegetarian. <laughs> Rabbit. <laughs> Look, Count Duckula was a vegetarian too. It doesn't yeah. mean that that guy wasn't always trying to kill him. Ketchup? Would he ketchup? That was his thing, right? He, yeah, yeah, he liked tomatoes and ketchup and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did Darkwing Duck and Count Duckula ever have a crossover? I wish. I don't think they did, but that would have been great, considering they were from two different companies and continents. But Duckula you know. was the 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 Danger Mouse people, right? The same yeah, company. I think so. It was a similar. It was English and a similar animation. The thing I would love about a self hating vampire is the fact that he can't even have that scene where he looks in the mirror and berates <laughs> no, himself. He can't see. Him. <laughs> but in this movie, Ken, there's a whole scene, I'll skip ahead, where Dracula's fighting, and you, he's watched in the reflection of a sword, which he shouldn't be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the vampire says to Vlad, I'm going to give you a taste of <laughs> my says, blood. Vlad, I says, I says. <laughs> I says to him, Vlad, uh, I'm going to give you some of my blood, quoting the title of the great Theodore Sturgeon novella, Some of My Blood, a mm-hmm. modern vampire story. If you haven't read it, it's a fantastic book. Uh, he says, I'm going to give you some of my blood to drink. Just drink it out of this broken skull. Drink it out of this skull top. You'll have three days of total vamping. If you can avoid drinking someone else's blood in that three days, Seems which easy. you're going to want to do. Seems totally easy. Doable. Then you know what? The trial period is over. You get to return the vampire powers. We keep a peaceful kingdom as my gift to you. Stu, once you got that in your head, like once you're thinking about drinking blood, all you want to do is drink blood. Like that's the one the thing. thing I can't do is drink blood. I'll be fine. Like if I told you right now you can't drink any blood, like you're just gonna you're gonna I'm gonna drink all your blood. <laughs> <laughs> you're Jones for that sweet blood. 
Uh, I can see basically you. what happens. I can see you looking at me right now like I'm turning into a big uh, chicken leg in front of your face. <laughs> but instead of a chicken leg, you're uh, just a giant pulsing vein. <laughs> or a blood I'm sausage. One of those, a blood sausage the- would make sense. Yeah, I'm like one of those bags of uh, of plasma that you would have in, in like an IV, a yeah. plasma bl- plasma blag. Yeah, plague. <laughs> yeah, plasma blast. <laughs> a plasma that's bag. The, that's what the nurse says. We're gonna hook you. Yeah, We're yeah, just gonna give you a plasma blast. That's, that's the Doritos extreme version of blood bags. <laughs> nurse, blast him with 20 cc's of plasma. <laughs> <laughs> they just put it in a super soaker. What a and cool shoot hospital! It into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> nurse. Uh, it's not going to get into his veins if you shoot it in his mouth. That's just gonna, It'll get in there eventually. No, it's going to pass through his intestinal system. He's just going to shit that blood right out. <laughs> Cindy, after this dirt bike accident, just take me to the extreme hospital. <laughs> We're going to blast you full of plasma, man. <laughs> We're going to New ectoplasma blasts. <laughs> We're going to set this bone to the extreme, radical. <laughs> This is some radical surgery. It's the same surgery, but I got my hat on backwards. <laughs> and there's a slingshot in my scrubs. Anyway, so uh, Vlad takes the deal. He says, this is going to give me the power to fight off the Ottomans, and I won't drink any blood for three days, so the joke's on you, vampire. And the vampire says something like, if you become a vampire, I'll be freed from my curse, and I can leave this cave and get re- use you as a tool to get revenge on my captors. This is not mentioned again until the last seconds of the movie. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's dumb. But anyway, Vlad goes, uh, he wakes up in a riverbed, and he has the moment in every superhero (laughs) movie where he discovers what his powers are by bumbling around and crumbling rocks in his hand and healing real fast and falling into a stream and shit. Anyway. Bumbling and stumbling. He's bumbling and stumbling, he's tripping and ripping, he's groping and poping. (laughs) But whereas in like a superhero movie, it's that moment of like childlike wonder at like, oh, wow, I have powers now. This is silly because it's like, I'm a vampire now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there's a big downside to what he can do. But so he goes back to his uh he goes back to his home and the Ottomans show up and mm-hmm. Vlad And they're like, We invented this new thing, you put your legs on it. It's like, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> That's yeah. I'll just pull a chair up. Uh, uh, Vlad goes out and kills the I'll whole I'll pull army. up this cat bed I bought. <laughs> I'll just get a bale of hay. (laughs) I put my legs up on my my son, the son that I'm not giving to you. (laughs) Crouch down here. Let me put my legs on your back. Uh, We've always done it. Why do you think I didn't give him to you? (laughs) Because I want to put my legs on him. So the the Ottomans apparently follow ninja rules, which Mm -hmm. is that an entire army of people circles the one hero and fights him one on one until they're all until they're all dead. They're they're all deadified, and so you have. An army of people is racing towards a castle. Vlad walks out to meet them, and instead of a few guys stopping to fight Vlad as the other guys run to the castle, everyone circles around him. They're like, one guy? Let's go kill him. This is going to be the sweetest murder of all. And then he totally destroyifies them with his vampire powers. He's turning into a cloud of bats. He picks up their swords and stabs them a lot. And Stuart, as you pointed out, at one point he says, men don't fear swords, they fear monsters. But then he just uses his monster powers to be a great sword fencer and stab him with swords. If there's one thing I've heard about medieval uh, soldiers is that they always choose to fight the toughest thing possible instead (laughs) of fighting the wimps and the ladies that are stuck in the castle. Yeah. When the easy, if I was one of those Ottoman soldiers, I am rushing towards the castle. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deal with that guy. Let me go to the castle. 
kill everybody yeah. in there, take it over, close the gates. Dracula can't get in and stop me. Maybe if they'd thrown out a scene where like somebody said, like, hey, kill that guy, I'll give you a hundred, I don't know, Ottoman <laughs> credits. What do they use? <laughs> Ot bucks. Uh, or if his like armor was made out of gold or they, if there was some reason that they had for wanting to go after him specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen. Anyway, he says to his guys, I just destroyed a whole army. Let's evacuate and get out of here. They mm-hmm. go to a different castle, which is this crazy monastery. Uh, and <laughs> it is a cookie monastery. <laughs> on the way there, there's All a, the monks there's, are doing crazy things. <laughs> there's a Romani who goes like, hey, I know you're a vampire. You want to drink my blood? And he's like, no, that's cool. Uh, they go to the monastery, and unfortunately, uh, there's an ambush by s- soldiers, and Vlad shows up and inst- and like does the stealth thing where he has, he's a cloud of bats killing bad guys one by one, yep. even though there's a battle already. Yep. Uh, the fact that he has superpowers makes everyone think he's a vampire, which he is. Mm-hmm. They try to kill him by burning him alive. This is his own people, but he escapes. And he says, I only became a vampire so I could save you jerks. Uh, yeah. The Ottoman army. Look at yourselves. Who's the real monster? <laughs> yeah, check your own selves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check your privilege. <laughs> check your living un- non-undead privilege. Mm-hmm. I can't walk around in the sun. You take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The police stop me wherever I go. You know what it's like to walk into a store and be followed around by the Van Helsing they hired to keep vampires <laughs> from stealing stuff and biting <laughs> the customers? That's right. I can't eat pizza with garlic on it. I got to eat it with sweet onions, and it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Steph, walk a mile in my vamp boots. You'll know what it's like. Fly a mile in my cloud of bats. I have to be invited in to go anywhere, and no one's going to invite me in. I've never been invited to the bathroom at the public library, (laughs) so I can't use it. I can't cross running water. All water's running, dudes. (laughs) Well, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stuart handily see what happens just be checking his phone he throws out a, a patently false thing and then he's just like uh wait hold no, on I was double checking on Wikipedia going on look, my phone. I can't my, look at myself in the mirror I have to take it for granted that my hair looks good mm-hmm. nobody tells me or you just it looks excellent it's like if I have something stuck in my teeth I mean, it looks amazing dude <laughs> I can have something stuck in my teeth forever because yeah. I'm going to be alive forever mm-hmm. and I can't look in a mirror mm-hmm it's tough being a vampire. I mean, you could ask somebody. You could ask one of your Renfields or whatever. <laughs> this reminds me of a uh, of another. I talked about a stand up bit I did. I used to do earlier. This reminds me of a sketch I wrote once uh, about after the uh, the tribute for Hurricane Katrina, where they were trying to <laughs> raise hilarious. money. The one where uh, instead it was a tribute for the now homeless monsters of New Orleans. <laughs> it was very dumb, but it was uh, had Dracula saying that George Bush doesn't care about vampire people. <clears throat> so anyway, I was young. So, Trenchant. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it was real satire. Uh, <clears throat> the point is, guess what? Eventually, everybody's like, "Okay, Dracula, you can help us fight this army." The Ottomans attack again. A lot of this movie is Ottoman armies attacking and Dracula just plowing through them, never getting threatened by them. Really, in no. this case, the Ottoman army attacks and Dracula unleashes his biggest attack yet. We call it the bat fist. <laughs> he collects a swarm of like a million bats, and then he, like a conductor or a power glove, mm-hmm. he controls them with his fist while they form the shape of a giant fist and are just punching the Ottoman I think army. it's a fist. It's really tough to say. This movie's pretty dark. Yeah, it's very dimly lit. And by dark, I mean dark and gritty. Like a <laughs> oh, real, yeah. real Drac Man Returns. So 
Like, how much force do you think, like, a I bunch of individuals... I thought you were about to say foreskin for some reason. <laughs> how much foreskin do you think Dracula has? <laughs> like, a lot? What do you mean or force? Or do you think because he's dead, it's probably... Uh, no, because he's dead, it's grown to epic lengths. <laughs> no, I thought, because he's dead, he's... Because after you die, similar to your fingernails, your foreskin continues to grow. <laughs> no, when you become a vampire, you go down to hell. <laughs> Lucifer, or maybe Bohemian, or one of his guys, cuts off your foreskin. <laughs> As Modius takes it and makes a necklace out and of they it. go we're gonna keep this as collateral <laughs> if you want your foreskin back fix your part of the deal no i'm just saying if it, even, which is to be a bad guy i guess yeah. <laughs> even if it's a bunch of bats like oh no they hit with force? the force of an artillery shell yeah they literally even if it's a bunch of bats even if it's a bat bunch <laughs> the bat bunch uh i mean i could see maybe story you know. of a lovely bat bringing up three very lovely bats then they met a nope. bat. Nope. He had three bats. Nope. They formed the bat bunch. The bat bunch. The nope. bat bunch. Mm-mm. I mean, it really seems like controlling bats, like your top power would be like, oh, yeah, rabies. Or You're like going to get rabies. Well, he's he's so big on ladies' hair. Yeah. He's so busy on his bat slapping that he forgot to protect the monastery because some dudes climb up and start killing his wife and, la- and people. Yeah, some soldiers come in through the back door, which apparently they decided not to guard. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they kill his wife and kidnap his son. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. And they manage to kill pretty much everybody in the castle. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Dracula almost saves his wife. She plummets from a tower, mm-hmm. and he catches her, ooh, too late, and she in begs him. a great scene. In a not very good scene. He is Slow motion falling, a lot of like lot shots of, of faces. Enya-style chorus in mm-hmm. the, in the, on the soundtrack, and... Uh, Dracula is trying so hard that he's like, ah, and his teeth are getting longer. He's exerting his bat power so much. Mm-hmm. And his wife, who knew he was a vampire already. She doesn't care, though. She's all about him. She's all, because he's totally ripped. Yeah. <laughs> she, and he's not even scarred up anymore now no, that he's, he's a drac. His scars yelled with his vamp powers. Uh, he, she says, suck my blood so you can get the power you need to save our son. And he reluctantly does it. Uh-oh, within the three-day limit, now he's a full-blown vamp attack. <laughs> The other vampire lives and in the Charles cave. Charles dances out of the cave. Charles dances. It does a two-step. Does the Batusi out of the cave and flaps away to wherever. Uh, yeah, he flies away to the end of the movie. Anyway, uh, the Dracula finds a bunch of his people are still alive, and he goes, "Hey, you want revenge?" He totally vampifies them. Dracula goes to the camp where the Ottoman leader is, uh, and his son is being kept. He and his vampire soldiers arrive and are just cutting through everybody, mowing down the Ottomans. Mm-hmm. He goes to confront the lead bad guy. After Uh-oh. after a lightning storm like that THX logo. <laughs> uh, not the THX logo. That's the Don Simpson logo. What's the one with the bunch of lightning bolts? And then all of a sudden it's like and the music swells and then it's like this thing. Oh, yeah. It's the Don Simpson one, right? Yeah, the Don okay, Simpson fine. and uh, what, Jerry Bruckheimer yeah. logo. Yeah. Because Don Simpson's dead. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. He died about 20 years so ago. So if anyone out there hadn't heard that, I'm sorry <laughs> I, This is not how I wanted you to hear news. that the producer of Top Gun died. He did yeah. Top Gun, right? Yeah. I, I, Maybe it was Days of Thunder. I don't know. Or both. I Was he the artist like the for Cracked be- Magazine? <laughs> the no, movies before Don, Don Martin. <laughs> the movies before Don Simpson died and the movies after Don Simpson died are not... That much different. So the Simpson Bruckheimer, like I guess so, yeah. Like it all blends. Oh, no, Bruckheimer continued the legacy. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, yeah. He walks. He Dracula walks towards him, super cool, with a bunch of lightning bolts flying around him, like Storm is there too. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
and he finally gets to the tent where his son's being held by the lead bad guy, but uh-oh, there are bags of silver everywhere, and vampires can't take silver. Because so he has to count up every single piece? No, is he's that... not a Chinese vampire. Okay. <laughs> That's what happens with a tip. And tip for, tip for if you're being chased by a Chinese vampire, pull that handful of rice out of your pocket and throw it on the ground, mm-hmm. and then run away, because he's got to count it all. That will foil the Gyanxi. It's also going to be easy to run away, because he hops after you. Mm-hmm. They're weird vampires I don't know, dude. Hopping's pretty fast. Nope. No. <laughs> Maybe the least... <laughs> Fast way to locomote I mean, with, without wriggling on your belly. Yeah, if you're a bunny, maybe. That's the only thing that hops. If it's a bunicula, <laughs> yeah. then yeah, it's yeah. going to hop after you. Oh, do you think bunicula is based on the Gyanchi myth from Chinese mythology? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I could see maybe, some, yeah. I could see someone being like, oh, that's interesting. A uh, hopping vampire. A hopping vampire? A hopping vampire? And I'll make it about a, a vampire. A no, Wait, hold on. A yeah, hopping on a vampire? <laughs> Honey, lock the door. I gotta write this book. Lock the yeah. lock the door. <laughs> yeah, don't let anybody lock, in. Honey. Lock the door from the outside and don't let me out. <laughs> no, no matter how much I scream <laughs> until I finish this book until about I a vampire bunny. Bunicula and sell it to Avon Books. <laughs> the kids' book fairs are coming up. They're gonna need to order these along with their Garfield treasuries. <laughs> <laughs> and they're and they're uh, chooses your own adventures. And who yeah. names their kid Beezus, for God's sakes? <laughs> Ramona, that's on the borderline. <laughs> that's on the cusp. <laughs> Beezus? I feel so bad for all those kids who were named Beezus after that book came out. Oh, yeah, because that's when a generation after the book came out, so there was an explosion in kids named Beezus. Yeah, I read Freakonomics, dude. Just like all those kids <laughs> named Super Fudge. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like a hillbilly trying to pluralize bees. <laughs> all these bees are, are, are flying after me. Bees is already plural. All these these bees is all over me. These bees is they're stinging me. Ramona, oh no. get, Ramona, get away from those bees! You're gonna be totally stingified. Oh, the the, the stingification process. Uh, so anyway, like I'm in the room with Kevin Spacey's character from House of Cards. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our southern accents are so bad. So, Drac is in a room full of silver coins. It hurts him, but he finds the strength to fight back. He turns into a crowd of bats. He kills the bad guy, saves his son, whoopity do. But, uh-oh, all of his village people are now vampires, and they want to eat his son. The because now American, mm-hmm. the construction worker, the police. <laughs> the especially biker, him. The biker. Yeah. T- why especially the construction worker? Uh, because he works out in the sun all day, and he totally wants to eat kids. <laughs> Wait, what? It worked, That's he gets so hungry. But it was part of the village people's Part of the village people backstory was that they're cannibals. Did we forget to mention that? Yeah. Uh. The village they are is a village of cannibals. I think it's pretty it's the vi- What if it's the village of the damned people? Oh, okay. And they're gay icons who can also read your mind. <laughs> okay, I like it. Mm-hmm. And they know you want to hear YMCA that again. Could be England, on, they're called the Norwich Cuckoos. That, that could be on some kind of t-shirt, I think. Some kind of like geek-friendly t-shirt is a uh, village people, village of the damned mashup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can see that. Somebody make so it. So like shirt money. woot, uh, give us money. Go to yeah, Cafe like, Press or something. and Go to nerdshirts.com. Whatever. Go to mashupshit.com. Go to aquafan.com. <laughs> Sell them Tell if you tried sex in underwater. Yeah, let us know. That's a, know. that's a deep cut, Stuart. That's for the real super fans or super fudges. Look, whatever it takes. 
The real Benicula's out there. So was Super Fudge the last fudge of a dying planet who came here and our yellow sun melted him into superpowers? Yeah, I think you're being charitable with the super part of that name. <laughs> now, what if... Pretty was, good fudge would have been a better name. There's a Super Fudge Bonicula crossover where they get merged together to become a chocolate rabbit mm. for Easter. It's like the end of Tetsuo uh, the Iron Man. Yeah, where they merge into that giant <laughs> penis tank and run rampant through the streets of Tokyo. Oh, what a, how so. weird must that have been for bystanders to just see that running through the streets <laughs> with a guy with like a, a 16 millimeter weird. camera just running after it, shaking the camera all over. Uh, Do you think they would have just been like, mm, it's a living. <laughs> then they go buy some soiled panties out of a vending machine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cultural stereotypes. Uh, I mean, mine was an accurate tra- description <laughs> of the movie, but anyway. We're so close to the end. The other vampires want to eat his son. He says, no go, bros. And uh, he <laughs> stabs one of them through the heart, and that guy totally explodifies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a monk shows up with a cross. He says, I'm going to save your son, and he takes him away. The son comes out and kills down all the vampires. And some great slow-motion vampire melting. One guy is running while each of his <laughs> limbs is exploding, and it looks hilarious. <laughs> uh, but then it ter- we see the Romany gypsy from earlier gives some of his blood to Dracula, reviving him. Uh, and I forgot to mention that this was all narrated in the opening and closing by Dracula's son, even though he then disappears, because mm-hmm. we flash forward to modern day, where Vlad, who's just out walking around enjoying a nice day on the town, meets a woman who looks named Mina, who looks just like <clears throat> his wife. And uh, they have a conversation about poetry and then split up. And from afar, Charles Dance is watching, and he says... Let the games begin, and then walks off. End of movie. Sequel in the making. Dracula told. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that was great. You did a great job there, Elliot. Thanks. I, I give you two fangs out of two fangs. Thanks. That's, a, that's the highest two fangs, yeah. yeah. Well, unless they've got multiple heads. <laughs> um. So here's here I'm going to say the main problems with this movie. One, okay. super boring. Only it two was, scenes I enjoyed, which it was, was too scarifying for you. Oh, it was way too scarifying. I it was boring because he kept <laughs> he kept looking at the insides of his hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I my problem was that much of my chair went unused because I only sat on this <laughs> on the edge. <laughs> but uh, there's two scenes that I enjoyed. One because I found it genuinely interesting when he talks to the old vampire. One because it was super goofy, which was the bat fist fight scene. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was very boring, and I just have a real issue with. The idea that there needs to be an origin story for Dracula. Like, he's an evil, decadent prince who becomes a vampire. Oh, he's decadent. All right. I really shouldn't have any of this Dracula. It's it's, so bad. It's called Dracula by Chocolate. (laughs) There's been a lot of chocolate talk in this episode. Uh, Chalk talk. Count Chocula. The Chalk House. We haven't even mentioned Count Chocula. <laughs> the perfect fusion of chocolate and vampire. <laughs> yeah. He's now more I've chocolate now than vampire. So long to find now, that. if this was Chocula untold, I would have loved it. It would have been great. I want to know how he became what he is. How did he become friends with Boo Berry and yep. uh, Frank and... Frank and Berry. Frank and Berry. And, yep. uh, the, and the fruit brute. And the, and the yummy mummy. The, the fruit mummy. brute is the, is the werewolf. Is, oh, yeah, and the fruit. yummy mummy. And what's the... Uh, and what the Hunchback of Notre Breakfast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the That's Phantom right. of the Cereal Bowl? Uh, the creature from the uh, Milk black, Lagoon. The Milk Lagoon. Yeah, yeah. There you that go. makes sense. The, then the uh, Milk Luna Mutant, <laughs> lesser known Universal monster, but he's still mm-hmm. in there. He's from the fifties. It's a later stage. Here's the thing: <laughs> Dracula is not essentially interesting to me until he's a vampire spreading his plague of darkness throughout the globe. So it's like I don't want to. It's the same way that like. 
I'm not interested in a movie about like the young James Bond necessarily. Mm-hmm. I want to see a movie about James Bond <clears throat> having adventures. Yeah, you don't want to watch like Braveheart but find out that Braveheart becomes a vampire midway through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, basically what this was, yeah. I feel like we are in Final Judgments right now. Uh, and I feel like Elliot is is entering a writ of uh, bad bad. I'd like to. I'd like to. Good, bad, yeah, bad, submit bad, a writ or, of bad bad attitude. And when we when we, we were looking like, it up, uh, you said that it was originally going to be Alex Proyas and Sam Worthington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which at least, like, I feel like Alex Proyas would have made it a little more interesting to watch. It wouldn't have been a good movie. No, but it would have been. It would have had. More and Sam style. Worthington would have been certainly just as boring. I mean, as Luke if anything, Evans. that's a movie that could have been batshit crazy. Oh, because oh, the vampires. Yeah, cause, no, because, well, kind of, but the bat, anyway. So, But, like, whereas this was just kind of dull. Yeah. Like, there are lots of dull vampire movies, and I'm always surprised by it, because vampires are inherently interesting. I, you're talking to a guy who was wearing Dracula socks at work yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's true, I can attest to that. Like, vampires are, I, I like vampires, they're interesting to me, but apparently it's very easy to make them boring. Um, yeah, I know, I wanted to say, uh, we were looking up the list, there's only been a few good Dracula movies. There's Dracula. Mm-hmm. The Bela Lugosi one. Yeah. There's, uh, what is it, House of Dracula? Is that the Christopher Lee one? Horror of Dracula. Horror of Dracula. I mean, there's a lot of Christopher Lee ones, but the first one, Horror of Dracula, is the best of them. There's uh, the two Nosferatus. Yeah. The Which was Murnau the, one. That was the sequel to Chinatown, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The two Nosferatus. <laughs> the F.W. Murnau, and there's the Werner Herzog, and then, of course, uh, Dracula and the Monster Squad. Those, mm-hmm. are, those, yep. are, those are the best <laughs> movies. I bet, I bet there's some good ones. I'm going to look at uh, them. It still says Dracula Dead and Loving It's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Only the first half before it loses its way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it, says Elliot, about Dracula Dead and Loving that It. Was, I remember seeing that in the theater and being so disappointed <laughs> in it. That um, was uh, Vampire in Brooklyn for me. But yeah, uh, this, is, this is an attempt to be like, okay, how can we make Dracula... Every, like every other boring like fantasy movie, like we might as well be watching the seventies Dracula is okay. The I don't know Frank Langella. Fucking what was the? We've watched so many sword and sandals this things. Feels like so, this yeah. is like one of those. It things. is b- so by the numbers medieval sword. It's like somebody you know, watched the movie. the nineties Bram Stoker's Dracula from Coppola and just and were like, you know, the most exciting part was the first five minutes of <laughs> yeah. uh, backstory. Let's just make a whole movie of that garbage. Yeah, so I think we're all bad bads for this. Let's bad bad it up. Bad bad. Um, oh, and Dracula pages from a virgin's diary. There's a one dance number in that that goes too long, but otherwise I think it's a very good movie. Hello, I'm Taco, the elven magician. Moral High Church here, the master of clerical magic. I'm Magnus Burnsides, the fighter. Did you guys like that? Did you, the listener, like that? You were just swept up in a world of high fantasy and magic where anything can happen and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy, Dungeon Master for The Adventure Zone, a new podcast on Maximum Fun, in which magic and mystery intertwine for a very erotically charged role-playing experience. <laughs> you can catch it every other Thursday here on MaximumFun.org or iTunes. It's for Dungeons & Dragons, but with family. Uh, but we do have a sponsor for tonight, and for that, Ooh. I cede the microphone and the floor to one Stu Art Wellington. Hey guys, my name's Stuart Wellington. You know, coming up, uh, we got a little thing called Mother's Day. Uh, that's going to be coming up on May 10th. And Dia you know what? de los Muertos, <laughs> or Day of the Mothers. <laughs> yep, I think that's perfect Spanish, Elliot. <laughs> 
Um, so I think right now is a great time for you to hit up our friends over at proflowers.com and, uh, and order some flowers for your mom. They're offering uh, Flophouse listeners 100 blooms and a free glass vase for only $19.99. All you have to do is go over to their website, and uh, which is proflowers.com, and there's a in the top right corner, there's going to be a little blue microphone. You're going to move your little mouse thing over there. You're going to click on it. And, and then said mouse thing when mouse is just the yeah. Word. <laughs> and then a little a little blurb's going to open up, and then you're going to type in with your fingers. You're going to type in the word flophouse. Now and, that's going to give you that deal, and, and that's, that's one word flophouse. Flophouse. Do not put a space in there. Not even though three we words, put a space in there for our title for the code, the coupon code. It's one word flophouse. So I think on Mother's Day you want to get a phone call from your mom that says, "Are you apologizing for something?" Do you have some splaining to do? Mm-hmm. And your response is, no, I just got you flowers because I love you, Mom. That is the best. So do right by your mother. Do right by America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some, the Flophouse. And the Flophouse. Deadly do right. It's a great character. <laughs> and order some flowers from Pro Flowers. There's also chocolates you can get through there. Mm-hmm. I think they're associated with Sherry's Berries. Yeah. And uh, it's just a good gift for Mother's Day for any day. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Every day is Mother's Day. No flowers. <laughs> I mean, factually inaccurate, but in our hearts, it's true. Um, so that's proflowers.com, blue uh, microphone, type flophouse, all one word. All one word. You'll be helping support us, and you'll be helping support moms. And, uh, and if you have issues with your mom, don't want to send her flowers, send it to somebody else. Send it to yeah, the Flophouse. Don't care. There's no law that Pro Flowers <laughs> is only going to deliver to moms. Pro Flowers is like, give me an address, I'll send them a bunch of flowers. Yeah, that's our job. That's what they say. And we do it well. We're pros mm-hmm. at flowers. So proflowers.com. <laughs> so uh <laughs> some Flophouse news here, which is that we have new merchandise available, guys. <gasps> new, new merch. merch. Yeah. The uh, URL. Instead of having to go to like a merch table after a Flophouse yeah. show and talk to some Which scuzzy dude who's like, hey, what do you want to buy? We're out of almost everything. I mean, probably our wives would work the merch table. Then. Yep. So scuzzy dudes. <laughs> and now you can just go on the internet and buy them. Yeah. Now, uh, the URL is too complex to read here. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of, you know, uh, so internet. So go to Dan's book. Twitter feed. No, no. Here's, here's what you do. Go to <laughs> flophousepodcast.com. And click on the merch link. That'll take you right there. Or or go to uh, Topodico, click on Browse by Creator, and click on Maximum Fun for the Max Fun merch store. Or do what I did. I Googled Max Fun Maximum Fun T shirt. Sure. All these are fine. There's a link choices. from the Max Fun site too. I mean, again, easiest thing, go to flophousepodcast.com, click on merch. Yeah. Take you right. While there. you're there, leave a comment on one of our episodes, say you guys suck or you're hilarious. Who cares? I don't think you can do that on the site, but sure, why not? You can leave comments on the Flophouse site. Oh, well, yeah, on the Flophouse site, not on the Topatico merchandise Will site. Will you listen Have to you what Have you even Stuart tried? Said? You're right, Stuart. I haven't tried. <laughs> Until I try it, don't I really Don't knock shouldn't. it till you try it. There's a reason that phrase exists, because you shouldn't knock on a door until you've tried the door to make sure it opens. Mm-hmm. Until you've eaten part of that door in a Hansel and Gretel style uh Liz Do not until you try it is the life uh, mission statement of Aquafan.com. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Radio Zork listeners, if you try to eat the door, <laughs> A. If you First off, that's a great choice. If you merely lick the door to see if it's worth eating, B. If you try your key on the lock again, C. 
right on in. Next week, we'll have the results, and we'll move forward one more step in Radio Zork. Uh, but so this new merchandise, let me uh, paint you a picture of what's available. A lot yeah, of word your pictures. Your last one was so successful. <laughs> uh, you can get a Rocket Crocodile and the World of Tomorrow t-shirt. It looks amazing. From a design by fan Tristan Marsh. I think maybe I've seen this movie. Uh, well, you couldn't because it doesn't exist, and I'm making it up as I go along. <laughs> that was for the fans. Uh, there is also a Wait What Come On shirt designed by my brother, John. That would uh, be John McCoy. It looks great also, and of all the shirts that you're going to buy from the Flophouse, that's the one we'll get the least questions. What the hell is on your shirt? Yeah. It Crossover appeal. Any occasion. Mm-hmm. Funerals, weddings, birthdays. Yep. Birth funeral funerals, birthdays. Funeral birthdays or funeral weddings for a vampire, maybe. <laughs> yes. Or a corpse bride. And uh, there's also a lovely print of Ye Old Flophouse, where uh, I'm a ranger, I believe Stu is a paladin, yeah. and Elliot is a bard. And it's suitable for framing. From a design by fan Mallory Quinn. Also looks great. It's all great-looking Flophouse merch. High quality, high standards. And I noticed that uh, some of the stuff is already running low because of orders. So it's yeah. an order now. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they're pretty good at replenishing things, but yeah, if you don't want to delay, order now. If you're tired of having to go to the laundry all the time, buy seven of these shirts. Yeah. You'll be good for a week. Yeah, just yep. r- yeah, right, right on the tag, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. You can maybe take some of no, those. you do it like this, like Apollonian Godfather. Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. That's you can my take favorite a couple way of those, to save the days uh, of the week. A couple of those big dogs t-shirts out of rotation. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of your co-ed naked lacrosse shirt. Put in a Flophouse shirt. Uh, yeah. Your wardrobe will thank you. Uh, I also want to plug that I forgot to mention this last week. I have a piece, a humor piece in the geek humor comic series, The Devastator. Uh, it's just sort of Devastator. like it's sort of like a cooler and less well-paying Mad Magazine. <clears throat> okay, uh, and you can go to devastatorpress.com/horror because it is a all horror-themed uh, issue, and you can get uh, for ten dollars a physical copy of this. $3 a digital download. And you can also just search for De- Devastator and the horror issue of Devastator on Amazon. Can I pick? Can I? Yeah. Can I, I know that you probably also have a. Can I plug something? Plug it. I'd like to plug with the day we're recording this. So you'll be hearing it a couple days after it happens. Uh, my, the final issue of my run of Spider Man and the X Men, which I think is the final issue of the series, too, it turns out. Issue number six is out in stores, wraps up the series, wraps up a real dream come true product. Uh, product. Project for me, getting to work with Devil these characters. Product. Dan, you should queue up End of the Road to play right now by Boys to Men. <laughs> or Meet You <laughs> at the Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, it's just Crossroads. Uh, to the end of the road. Now, it's been a, it's bittersweet saying goodbye to these characters, but uh, I hope people enjoy the wrap-up to the series. So pick up all six issues. They'll be collected in a trade, I think, this summer. But if you can't wait that long, mm-hmm. pick up the issues. Number six, it's out now. Elliot's got issues. And you can have them too. <laughs> of Spider-Man and the X-Men. Yeah. And with your dad. <laughs> Stuart, do you want to plug anything while we're at it? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm opening a bar at some point. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, maybe plug that when people can go in and buy things from it. <laughs> so uh, now we want, you got to move on to letters from listeners. Listeners like you, perhaps. Oh, I got a letter. This just in, hot what? off the presses. <laughs> I got like a letter a tweet, from but... a from listener John Rivet. Again, a tweet. He says, yeah. "My birthday is tomorrow. 
Could you guys maybe give me some B-Day props? Of course I can, because you said B-Day instead of birthday, and that's cool. <laughs> We're supposed to give you props just so, for living another year? So here's Seems props. like the bare minimum of achievement. You don't know what his life is like. <laughs> Props he could to, live in he could live in a in a lair from a true. video game and there's spinning fire blades everywhere. He's got to jump out of to <laughs> yeah, get to the I'm bathroom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making assumptions. <laughs> so props to listener John Rivet. Uh, yeah, inventor of the rivet. <laughs> I love the bolts that hold buildings together that bear your name. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, moving on. You hold on. my jeans together. You hold skyscrapers together. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my friend. Moving on to the first letter of the night. You hold letters my of the you, night. You hold my steampunk costume together. <laughs> Letters of the night, what sweet music they make. And it goes like this. Letters of the night. Mm. It's nighttime now when letters come out. Stay inside and lock your doors unless you're ready to lead the letter life. Letter. (laughs) Do you want to bang heads with me? Do you want to see everything? Okay. Whoa, letter. (laughs) Bomb, bomb. Not about to read your letter. But anyway, continue. Okay, this is from Kyle Last Name Withheld, who writes, Hi, Floppers. I'm a longtime listener and first-time writer, and I think I'm in need of some clarification of my status as a Flophouse fan. I'm the guy who put you on Entertainment Weekly's must-list low those many moons ago. Thank you. And thus thrust you to international superstardom. Thrust us in the must. We owe everything to you. Are you calling in this favor? Yep. But. Let the game begin. It's Charles Dance. (laughs) Oh, no. Kyle Dance. (laughs) But I'm also the guy who bought tickets to your last live event and decided to stay home and watch Ron Howard's Night Shift instead. Uh, Well, I mean, I can't totally fault that. Do those two actions cancel one another out, giving me neutral karma in the eyes of the house cat? Or is indulging in a Michael Keaton slash Henry Winkler slash... Shelley Long, sex farce, a crime that requires a bit more absolution. I wait your judgment. Also, we're writing my review for Chappie for EW.com. All I could think about was, man, I can't wait until the Chappie episode of the Flophouse a year from now. Keep on flopping. Kyle, last name withheld. Now, I gotta say, Night Shift, despite having the combined talents of Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler is a pretty bad movie. It's very bad. There are barely any jokes in it. But here's the thing. The mystery of the house cat's grace mm-hmm. is that it is not our works or the movies we watch that provide for our salvation. But in mm-hmm. fact, his own ineffable, un- impossible to understand yeah. choices. No, it's true. When I hear Eyes of the House Cat, I think of the final frame of the Michael Jackson thriller music video. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, in the words of the night from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you chose poorly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but thank you very much. And uh, like that, that was because he, he drank Coke he instead of Pepsi or some yeah, shit, sure. right? Yeah, he and he tro- got all he, he melty. Drank, uh, he drank uh, Pepsi, crystal clear Pepsi. In that commercial, did somebody drink Coke and then they just melted? What happened in that thing? I don't Cause in think the Because so. they had the commercial based on the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> based on the movie, <laughs> the commercial adaption of the movie. I mean, Space Jam by is a Alan movie Dean based Foster. Commercial, you can go around the other way. Alan Dean Foster needs the work. Okay. So, uh, thank you. It's though. called Splinter of a Pepsi's Eye. <laughs> thank you very much, Kyle, for putting us in Entertainment Weekly. That thank was you. a huge boost. For it was us. a big boost. It got us into a, a lot of people's attention. Um, but so thank you. Moving on. Don't watch Night Shift again. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, Maybe watch Graveyard Shift. Next letter <clears throat> starts like this. Narrator. And little did they know that episode number 161, A Talking Cat, would lead to the devastation that we know it has today. Alluded to in the episode 160, God's Not Dead, the Floplites mentioned the new holy month, Small Timber. 
Yet their Small comical, number. yet their comical <laughs> canonical confusion has led to millions of dead and a division in the House of Flop. Due to the tongue-tying nature of the month's name, two distinct factions in Floptum appear between the Tenebrium, Tenembriums and Vimberites. <laughs> While the puckish brother Kalen chose to alternate between the two names, Cromish convert Wellington chose to spite the one true McCoy, leaving our host baffled and flustered, as was his way. Arguing over the subtleties in the sacred text is not unusual in any religion, but this is a truly bizarre and mildly infuriating circumstance. I mean, really, what's going on here? Mike is knocked over. The professor's voice fades as he walks away. I mean, honestly, a religion based on adoration of bunts? An omnipresent all parties. Bunts? Party. bunts. <laughs> yeah, bunts. <laughs> An omnipresent. It's because it's pretty ballsy to bunt, and, and the catcher could just pick An up adoration the ball, of You know so much about sports, Elliot. <laughs> An omnipresent all-partying spirit called the house cat. A sacred text of words that sound like other words. And a sacred mystery of the ding-dong. Door slams. A scene from the episode four. <laughs> How can a ding-dong be both ripped off and not ripped off? <laughs> this is the question that the text presents to us. A scene from episode four, the great Schrodinger's division ding-dong. of the BBC <laughs> documentary. Schrodinger's freak. <laughs> Floppy, the Flophouse story. That's from Nicholas, last name withheld. Uh, I guess a peek into the future of the documentary, wow. the BBC documentary made about our podcast. I feel like Paul Atreides catch, capturing a vision of a fatwa in his name, or a jihad in his name that scours the galaxy. Uh, yeah. I, you know, small, small timber. Small vember. Small timber. It happens in September, but it's called small vember. Do we, whatever happened to our theme what are we talking I feel about? like we've got, we're a third of the way through the year, we haven't done any. Well, we only have two. <laughs> and they're centered around the fall. So. Well, we had Cagemus, small vember, Mm-hmm. Wasn't there like oh, there's Cagemus? Yeah, some might argue Shocktober is the Shocktober. Yeah, it's the high holy holidays of the Flophouse calendar. Unlike say April when we watch vampire movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, April vampires bring May champires. <laughs> He's got you there. Yeah, it's true. He proved me something. So, um, moving on to uh, the last letter of the night. <laughs> you just casually oh, skipped a letter. I do that every week. I'm like, uh, we're running late. Not oh, this man. one. So that the listeners at home can be like, was that my letter he yeah. skipped? Yeah. Who knows? You'll never know. You'll never we'll know. We'll do it next week. Uh, we will On not. today's episode of The Flophouse, Dan, read the letter you skipped. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings, floppers. My question is mostly for Stuart. Okay. So, Stuart, s- since you are supposedly a bartender. Supposedly. <laughs> 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 supposedly an English speaker. <laughs> say, someone sidled up to your bar and said, Hey, Tenderfoot, give me a castle freak. <laughs> what would he get? Could Stuart please grace the world with the details of the preparation of the unofficial official castle freak cocktail? Also, maybe you guys can riff on some better names for our new favorite adult beverage. Keep on flopping. Josh, last name withheld. Don't well, give us homework. The first thing I do if somebody sidled up but to the bar you, to me and said... Uh, I don't remember what he said. Give me a I would come. Freak. I'd be like, "You're a fan of the show," and then I'd come around from behind the bar and I'd give you a big hug. I'd say thanks <laughs> and a well, tongue kiss. Well, I'd say like, thanks for being a friend. This it sounds like the signature drink for your new bar has just been introduced. The Castle Freak. What's it going to be? Oh, uh, that's a lot of pressure. I would say it's two parts. Uh, it was. <laughs> 
First, I would take a hostess ding dong mm-hmm. and I would hollow it out and I would pour straight uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd pour I'd pour drambuie with a drizzle of grenadine on top and then I would serve it to you. Drambuie and grenadine? <laughs> Anyway, there's no Kahlua in that too, or what? I would serve it to you in a hollowed out skull. Uh, So don't order this. (laughs) It's a terrible drink. I mean, it's it's only twenty (laughs) dollars. Wow. What? The markup on these drinks. We're talking about we're talking about fancy cocktails here, guys. (laughs) This is artisanal. Or to, yep. Some well, when I said hostess, I meant uh, it's a homemade ding dong made from a pantry in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they make it look like a, the same way that there's a bakery in Park Slope where they used to be that made uh, their own little Oreos and charged like three bucks for each of them. That's crazy. Yeah. And I never tasted one. So you don't know if it was better or worse or. Yeah. They're the same. What about homemade Twinkies? How do you feel about that? I mean, I don't really care. I'm not against <laughs> these things. <laughs> So come back to me in a couple of years. I'll tell you that. Otherwise, what, come what, to my bar. To, I'll give you spend a- years working in your drink lab <laughs> yeah. to fine tune all the ingredients. I imagine Stuart like down in the basement, like, nope, that combination of alcohol exploded. <laughs> Thomas Edison once that. said, "Bartending is ninety nine percent perspiration, one percent intoxication." Yeah. So uh, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> And it was a ludicrous question. I think <laughs> Stuart gave a great answer. Yeah. Um, I was worried it was going to be like a white Russian with a torn off ding dong in it. <laughs> that would be frightening. It <laughs> would be horrible. <laughs> a white Russian at night? <laughs> All that milk? Yeah, Gross. that's crazy. I can't handle that much dairy. Uh, Give me the toots. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll be drunk and tooting. Um... So, final segment of the <laughs> evening. We call it the toots. <laughs> yeah, what do we do now? We recommend movies that we liked. I want to recommend a little movie. Tonight. A little movie called Dracula Untold. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. I turned around on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had some time to mull it over. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, I haven't seen any new, I haven't seen anything. Really. Well, recommend a movie from your past. You've seen thousands of movies. <laughs> so... Uh, you must have been on a plane somewhere. You know what? I was on a uh, I was on a train recently. Okay, and a movie uh, about a train. And to entertain myself on the train, I logged on to Hulu on my phone, mm-hmm. and I rewatched. It's uh, a fascinating story. I rewatched <laughs> Donnie Brasco. Well, don't, don't throw this away. <laughs> Write it down and publish it <laughs> because this is the epic quest of our times. I rewatched <laughs> Donnie Brasco, which I uh, I think is a movie that. Uh, you know, it was Dan's review. Don't forget about it. It was, <laughs> it was a it was a critical success at the time. It got a little bit of attention, but I feel like of the gangster films, of the good gangster films out there, it's been a little forgotten. And uh, if you want to go back and watch a movie where uh, Johnny Depp is playing a character and not like a collection of ticks, it's a really good. <laughs> What's one. his hat look like? Uh, uh, he doesn't have one. He does. He has a mustache for the first part I of the mean, movie, sim- but he shaves it very pretty quickly. Similarly, if you want to see a movie where Al Pacino is playing a character and not just yelling at the top of <laughs> yeah. his lungs, again, Donnie Brasco is a good choice. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's an interesting gangster film because um, you know there is violence in it. It's a gangster movie, but mostly it's a character study, and it has like kind of a rich vein of just character comedy and dark comedy in it, uh, and it ends up being also a very touching movie about 
friendship and betrayal. A one gangster pulling himself up by his bootstraps to start a a successful brass company, Mm -hmm. Donnie Brasco. (laughs) Yep, that's what it's about. So see it based on Elliot's description and then be su- be surprised. Yeah, when it's much better than that. But uh, it's a Mike Newell movie, a uh, British director who did uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And I think, uh, I think that screams gangster movie. Dirty right? Pretty Things. I think that was him too. I'm not sure. Um, he's a he's a he's a very interesting director who's had kind of a varied career of different types of projects. Mm. And so uh, check it out, Donnie Brasco. Hey, Stu. Hey, what's up, Billy? You got a movie on your mind? <clears throat> sure. Uh, I just watched this movie, Dracula Untold. It was the tits. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, I watched, uh, I recently watched the movie Spring, which is kind of a horror romance. Hmm. Uh, it's a low-budget movie. It's Hold been- on, I was wrong about Dirty Pretty Things. But he wrote, uh, but, he, but he directed a, he directed Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. You just saved yourself many angry yeah, letters. Go on. Uh, so spring, small, uh, small budget movie about a uh, about a young man who gets himself in trouble and he goes on the run uh, and ends up in Italy where he has this whirlwind romance with this great girl. But he realizes uh, slowly that this girl is more than what she seems. She's an It Follows. Uh, kinda, uh, she's some, uh, I mean, I mean, the poster of the movie is a picture of a girl with a tentacle, so you can tell there's something going on. Um, and I've heard the movie described as like a before sunset with a monster. Huh. And I think it's kind of appropriate. Like there is a monster in that, the natural aging process. (laughs) Time is the greatest monster of all. Mm -hmm. Uh, so spring check it out if you like uh if you like it uh, i mean you, there's not a lot of horror romance movies out there so possession maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> not really they're romance. both they're both slimy <laughs> uh so yeah i'd recommend checking it out spring spring i have a movie that i'd like to recommend mm-hmm. uh, i mentioned earlier in the podcast a movie called dracula pages from a virgin's diary that's not the movie i'm recommending but i am recommending a movie by the same director guy madden i'm a big fan of guy madden Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's strange that there's still some holes in his. Is that the guy who does those shoes? No, that's Steve, that's Steve Madden, Madden, his brother. Yeah, that's his brother. Because <laughs> the the two the the two brothers went into either women's weird shoes or Canadian art film. They they each had to select a path. One chose the ball. The other chose the samurai sword. <laughs> of course, their father John Madden is disappointed that neither went into sports broadcasting. <laughs> uh, but the, I had never seen for uh, until recently Guy Madden's second movie, Archangel. And I saw it recently and really liked it a lot. If you've ever seen a Guy Madden movie, you know pretty much what kind of thing to expect. It's shot as if as shot similarly to a silent film or an early 30s film. It's not silent. There's lots of sound in it, but there's also intertitles. Uh, it takes place in the city of Archangel where a Canadian soldier who lost his leg in World War One is helping to fight off the Bolshevik army. Uh, but... At least two, and I think th- maybe three characters get amnesia in it. There's a scene with that involves some ghosts. There's a lot of strange things, and it's kind of sad and kind of very weird and kind of funny. Uh, but like any Guy Madden movie, except for Twilight of the Ice Nymphs, which is not good and is the only one of his I do not like at all. Uh, like any Guy Madden movie, it's a very unique experience. It on- the only thing it really resembles is his other movies. And I liked it a lot. And the whole time you're watching it, 
you can tell this was a movie made on a very small budget that has so much imagination and so much style to it that it makes that work for it in a strange way. But I really liked it a lot, and it's, uh, I found it very affecting at the end in a way I didn't expect. There's one scene in it with a cactus that explodes spiders onto a boy that makes no sense. So just be ready for that scene and be ready for it to happen. And for you to be like, I don't understand what just happened here. Yeah, it's like a nightmare that I would have. No, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Click on the fast forward button and then hit play. Oh, no, don't fast forward. Just be ready to know that you're not really supposed to understand that scene because they screwed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how Spider-Man came to be. <laughs> yeah, he stood too close to a cactus. Uh, so. so Archangel. Yeah. Not the X-Men character. So three great Three amazing movies. Recommendations. Mm-hmm. Dan, did you fall asleep? And and then I think during our recommendations, during yeah. I'm zoning out. I could be the smell of skunk weed that I'm getting through. I feel like someone is smoking pot in the vicinity, and it's coming through our... Elliot's exhaust. busted. Uh-oh, you got me. Actually, if you noticed my voice getting worse throughout the podcast, it's because my allergies to your cat are acting up. All right, well, let's get you mm-hmm. out of here. High let's pollen get count. You out. And safely into Cats your, have pollen, let's right? You in, <laughs> I, uh, they have purin. Let's tuck you safely into your bed at home. Are you going to tuck me into my bed? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come back with you. I'm going to put a little nightcap on you. Oh, well, then you, you, you got to walk all the way back to your house. No, he's going to fly well, back on your bed like, like fucking Nemo. Lullaby. And good night for the flop house I've been. Dan McCoy. And I'm Stu Hardwelling to Island. <laughs> Elliot. Kalen is my name, and that's me. So good night, drift to sleep, and send us all your money. <laughs> <laughs> We're incepting you. Good night. Blobhouse. <laughs> Hit it and quit it. <laughs> yep, we're gonna hit it and kick then we're the tires and lights and fires. Are we gonna slap it and map it. Yep. Um, Grip it and rip it. Are we gonna slap right it off your body? It. Creep it and beep it. <laughs> I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. I am Ricky Carmona. And we are the cast members. What I don't know. Podcastiness of Wham Bam Pow. That's an action sci-fi movie podcast you can find on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. And what do we do? News reviews and things you can use. Tons of things you can use. We break it down so it can forever be broken. Hilarious jokes. Plus sometimes there's a dog in the studio. Sometimes there's a dog here. We'll see you in your earbuds. (laughs) 